Look, yeah. Looking very snazzy. Maddie, how are you? Tell me about the floods in Bathurst. Right. Well, they're deep and they're everywhere. <laughs> and as far as the eye can see, you know, it's just about how far you can swim at the moment. But we know we're near, near as bad as other places. We've had good heavy rains. but uh, And the river, well, they call it the Macquarie River, but, you know, this is my joke of the day. I think they should call it Macquarie Creek because normally it's just a dribble. It really is. But it actually is a river at the moment. Like it's got water in it and it's flowing and there's, you know, uh, gigalitres flowing down and it's really good because it's I suppose it's clearing out all of those systems it'd be filling up everyone's dams so the worst part of a flood is the damage but the best part is fills up all the water reserves and the basins you know for time to come hopefully the next couple of years touch wood yeah no that's right I think we're in a La Nina year isn't it yeah, I was looking at that. I think what's happened is is that it comes off the east coast. The ocean currents have changed, so it's basically picking up all this moisture, and it's bringing bringing all that rain down the northern bit, and that's why it just kept on just coming down south last week. Yeah, the world's changing. I mean, look, there's all this talk about climate change. No matter what side of the fence you sit on, and you're a geographer and a an environmentalist and all those good things, but if you just think about climate change for a moment. It's been changing since the beginning of time. So there's just no doubt that it's changing and changing sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. But I suppose the big argument is whether it's been accelerated by mankind. And you can see, I, I would rest my case on one example only, and the case would be this. They had a photo in one of the papers, I think it was the Sydney Morning Herald, and it was a poor Indian family that lived near the Himalayas. And when oh, the pan... And where the pandemic set in, what happened was they couldn't see the Himalayas behind them, which was only, I don't know, it might have been a few kilometres, it might have been 10 kilometres, but not far. And about two or three months into the pandemic, because there were no planes flying and no industry, and India is a pretty big place with a billion people and lots of planes in the air, the atmosphere cleared and these people that were living at basically the foot of the Himalayas had the world's best postcard out their back door, but they'd never seen it. So, you know, if you ever need a case for climate change, I reckon that photo would just be it. You could, that, that would do. Hi, Kevin. Um, I'm here. Hi, Matt. Uh, I'm surprised you're not hiding behind under a bag or something. I've been so embarrassed to be a manly supporter. <laughs> no, mate, I take it right on the chin. Um, you know, I take the good with the bad, but at the moment, I've just got to say, where shit. Um, well, mildly. <laughs> yes, well, well look, everyone everyone hates us, but, you know, we hate you too, as they say. So we'll, well, we like, yeah. like to even the score. But the thing well. is, look, finally, they're having a bit of a go at Cherry Evans, DCE, like saying, you know, he's had a couple of bad games and blah, 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 blah. But Paul Kent the other night on NRL 360 oh, yeah. <laughs> just happened to mention that he's not only, you know, the highest paid player at Manly, he's the highest paid player in the game. And if, really? anyone, and if anyone thinks that this year's his worst season, they haven't been watching. He's been terrible for a couple of years. Half his mm-hmm. games are good, fair enough. Half his games are just rubbish. And we pay $1.2 million a year out of the salary cap for that, in which we cannot buy another player. And personally, I think some of the younger blokes running around, even at the moment, Schuster, Schuster, if I've got that right, who played yesterday, and Cade Cust, I reckon they're better than he is now. Yeah, I had no idea he was the highest paid player. 
Well, this is what Paul Kent said. I didn't either, but I nearly yeah. fell off my chair because it's all right to pay a million dollars a year for a player, anyone. But if you look at all the players in all the clubs, not just Manly, that are on a million dollars, half of them aren't worth yeah. it and half of them are. Like half of them are worth yeah. every single cent. Like yeah. if you had a Jonathan Thurston, you couldn't pay that guy enough. If you had a Cameron Smith, mm. you couldn't pay that guy enough. Yeah. But, but if they're not performing, I mean, that's one-ninth of your salary cap. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it makes it hard. <laughs> you got a bit of sun there, it looks like, Kevin. A uh, bit of – well, it's been, been cold and raining all week, so I don't know where <laughs> the sun came from. <laughs> I've just jumped out of the shower, so maybe the skin's a bit hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before you came on, I asked Matt what the rivers were like. He reckons the Macquarie River was up five metres in Bathurst. Oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> that's, well, why he, that's why he wanted a bit of a discussion about climate change after that. <laughs> oh, geez, yeah, oh, man. <laughs> well, I don't know. Whether it's climate change or a cycle, well, people can argue that's all, that's all I do. Blue in the face and uh, yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah, we'll go back to something we know something about, like football. So, Maddie, did you see um, um, Des's press, presser, press conference? No, 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 not really. What was it about? Fill me in. I, I just the, his press conference after the game. He was pretty measured, and he sort of said he he reckons he'll get he'll get the team will get out of it. He's got the players and he's got the culture. He reckons so. He was pretty positive, and he wasn't dismissive or anything. Well, Des is like that. He's, you know, and he is a good coach and I do like him. But seriously, we had, uh, I think, 15 errors in the game. And I think there were seven out of their first 15 sets I didn't com complete. Now, St. George are one of the bottom clubs this year. They might end up being around the edge of the eight somewhere. Who knows? But you can't have seven out of 15 sets completed and and not only not win a game, you can't even compete at the NRL, sorry, NRL level, if I get it right, like that. You just can't have that mistake rate, and we're doing it every week. I watched the game last week, and this is without a word of lie. You can go back to the tape. In our first 10 errors, Cherry Evans had six of them, and he's our captain and leader. Yeah, okay. So what does that tell you? Like. And I, if I was Des Hasler, I'd be pulling my hair out. I think it's—I don't think we've played worse. And I've followed Manly for about fifty years, roughly speaking. Yeah, and he's got plenty of hair to pull out too. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good on, good on <laughs> you, Desi. I love, I love the Hasler, but I tell you what, underneath he must be fuming. But what I do like—I don't know about you guys—but I love bloody Craig Bellamy because he's in that box. I watch the game against Penrith, and one thing goes wrong, and he's up there going. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I love that about him. It's like he just takes everything full on, a hundred percent, and he calls everything like it is. Like I know <laughs> the idea is to come out in the media and say everything's okay, we'll get it back together, it'll all be fine. Not on my, uh, not on my watch. I'd be just like Craig Mellamy. I'd be just blasting him. Well, it's just, just dreadful. There's two, there's two Craig Bellamy's. The one you see in the box going crook and kicking chairs <laughs> and everything. But when he gets to the press conference after the game. He never criticises a referee. Uh, he'll always just say, oh, I didn't actually look at it, but that was the call, and now that's the way it is. He's very measured. Um, no, no, you're right. Yeah, I love his blow-ups in the box, though. They're great. Yeah. yeah, but that's a man who really cares. Like, he's in every tackle, he's yeah. in every try, and when things don't work out, like, he goes right off, and I like to see that. You know, these coaches that sit there, and fair enough, are very calm about it all. When you're getting flogged 30-0, Jesus Christ, I wouldn't be. I'd be dishing it out in droves. <laughs> 
Well, they yeah. get paid. That's all they get paid for. And yeah. it's not yeah. so much that you're losing, but when players don't turn up, when they just don't turn up, I just ask you, like, I've worked my whole life. I might have had anything up to 50 or 60 different jobs. I've never once not turned up for work, not once. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's all they do for a living. If you can't turn up for a game of football, you know, something that you love and you're getting paid squillions for, like what the hell can you turn up for? Mm. But yeah. how good was that last couple of minutes of the game? Oh, the Penrith game? Yeah. It was awesome. Well, I actually no. thought Melbourne scored the try. I thought they were going to win. Yeah, I thought they did too. But when you looked at the replay, he, he didn't get it down. But, um, yeah, that game could have gone either way. There were so many things happening in the last, the, you know, the latter stages that, that could have just swung the game. Oh, it was uh, super but, exciting, but wasn't it? It was oh, good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you, I was you, jumping you, up and down. You can't script it better. There was 35 seconds to go when, when Storm were charging and Kafusi went down. And he was lying down trying for the penalty. And then when he saw the game went the other way, he just jumped up and sprinted over. And tell you what, there are a lot of Penrith players over there to try and stop that try. Mm. Yeah, and Willie Army Kikau, he was the one that got there and got his hand oh, under sorry, it. Oh, sorry, Kikau was. Sorry, yeah, Kikau. Yeah. Yeah. And Kevin's right. Him. Kevin's right. He did get his hand under the ball like it was the most amazing finish. But I just want to go back to a point that Kevin said a moment ago about Craig Bellamy being measured at the press conference. The, the week before when Kafusi drops his elbow into the head of Ryan Madison and knocks yeah. him out. And, uh, yeah, Craig Bellamy just said, yeah, no, I didn't see that. I haven't had a look at that yet. I there's not <laughs> much in it. Bullshit, mate. He put it straight through the side of his head. Yeah. And in all the years I played football and rugby league, <laughs> you know where your elbow is. You know where a head is. You, you just oh, – yeah. We just never hit people in the head unless, you know, you're a gangster, you're Bruce Gibbs or someone, <laughs> you know, really bad like that and wild or Les Boyd maybe. But you just didn't hit people. You just didn't do those things and nor should you because it's not within the rules. So these players who go, oh, it was an accident, you know, I just slipped, bullshit. You know, exact, yeah. you, you know exactly where your hands are. I've never hit a player in the head in my life and never and never would have to and never would want to. There's something wrong with you if you've got to do that. And Kafusi played that. He played that dirty. And for his coach to just go, no, nah, you know, didn't look at that. There's nothing in that. That's just rubbish. But you're right. That's Craig Bellamy at his best. Because it was yeah. really interesting because I watched the – because I, if I missed the games, I watched the, the NRL app and um, – Ivan Cleary was asked about it and he was very measured in what he said. And he basically said something like, well, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it was a pretty bad tackle and he got hurt. <laughs> That's all he said. He just let, he let just it the obvious. <laughs> I guess they don't want to get into trouble anymore, which is good. And then, then last night in the, um, in the South's game, there was that little punch behind the scenes against the Roosters play. You saw that? I saw uh, the replay. I didn't actually that. see the game, but I saw the highlight of the punch, and he did punch him. Yeah, yeah, and um, and Trent Trent Robinson's uh, uh, presser, he basically he he just called it as it was, and he said we don't want that in our game. But he did say he's a front row forward and he plays hard, and sometimes he's a very quiet, shy sort of guy, and sometimes you know yeah. the passion comes through. So mm. um, yeah, but I tell you what, well before we go to the Roosters game, um, even though Jeremy's not here, that's a friend we have, um, Kevin. I'd like to get him on oh, to talk yeah. about the Roosters. That'd be another person. Uh -huh. um, I, the end of the um, Melbourne game. What were you thinking, Kevin, at the time? What was I thinking? Yeah, um, I, I was worried because uh, 
as in with the Parramatta game the week before, uh, the last 20 minutes, the Storm have just run out of steam. They just look totally exhausted. And I wasn't surprised that they lost. I thought, come on, we can, can we hang on here? But as, as we're getting down to that last minute, last two minutes and whatever, I thought, no, I, I still got this feeling Penrith are going to score and get ahead. Um, but then, then there was that, uh, well, controversial non-call about the um, offside Yeah, play. the kick here. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's when Craig Bellamy really blew up in the box, if you hadn't seen him then. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, well, I'll just stand like Craig Bellamy here. It is what it is. That's how the ref called it, and, and that's the way it is. But, um, yeah, I, I was sort of quite deflated at the end of the game. I thought, we've won it, we've won it. And then I watched the replay, and oh, no, yeah, it didn't get the ball down. No, that's anyway. right. Yeah, it's mm. such a pity. Well, I've got a bit of a prediction about Melbourne, rightly or wrongly, but I'll go on record as saying it. Now, I know you don't have Cameron Smith and, you know, anyone had missed that guy. It's just like, you know, yeah. the Queensland Cowboys after Jonathan Thurston or, you know, South after Greg Inglis. You're not the same team. Now, you can't put that loss down to Cameron Smith, as the coach said after that game. That's not the reason you lost that game. But I'll make this prediction. There will be about six or eight games this year that if he was playing, you will win. And without yeah. him, you won't. I, it doesn't mean that you're a bad team. I think you know, Melbourne Easy are a top four team already this year and they look good to me. But there'll still be six or seven games this year that Melbourne will lose that he would have managed over that line because he's just that good. Yeah. And, they, and they also said either was on the, the Bellamy presser or I read it. They said, but that game that they that they lost, they didn't they didn't lose it because of the absence of Cameron Smith. They didn't think that would be a game that he would have been able to manipulate back into a win. That's what was said. So, and that, and that yeah. might be true. I'm yeah. sort of not disagreeing with that. I mean, that's fine. But I just think there'll be six or eight games this year where Cameron Smith, you know, works his magic or like a Jonathan Thurston has done in the past or one of those greats, and they do manage the game and they do change the game. And that's where he is going to be missed. Uh, Melbourne won't be so dominant, but I'll take my hat off to their culture. They always come on, they're ready, they're well drilled. And when they mm -hmm. got ahead, I actually thought they've got Penrith here because they've just done the bit. They've weathered the storm. They've got to the lead. And I thought, well, you know, they'll do it. And, you know, yeah. they just came up short this time. But Penrith are one year older and maybe one year wiser and a bit more resilient. And they did throw the ball around a lot. A lot of it was unstructured play, if you notice, which probably doesn't suit Melbourne. Like Penrith were good at offloads and just unstructured play. Like Luai's good like that. He breaks it all up. But I don't think a well-drilled team like Melbourne handle that quite as well. Oh, <laughs> Oh, sorry. Just had a big yawn then. That's no, all right. <laughs> well, um, I, I was I was out last night and I was at dinner with um with some friends and I was chatting to this person who who did a bit of coaching at Jersey Flag in two thousand and two to two thousand and six. So in his team at the time was Moses. But what was really interesting was that he was shadowing coaches like the current um well the, the, um who was the coach who won for Cronulla again. Who's on Flanagan, Shane Flanagan. Flanagan. He said he said he said he he shadowed him for a while. And he said it was fascinating, you know, even watching those guys 14, you know, years ago, 15 years ago, what they yeah. were doing. And um there's a big system behind the coaches in the background there. You know, you, you, we don't even see that because we're not privy to it. I guess maybe you might have seen a bit of it, 
Kevin, if you've watched training and things like that. But oh, yeah, sort of. Yeah, I often see training, and it's it's visible to punt road traffic when Melbourne Storm are training. Yeah, yeah. And then yesterday, yesterday. Um. So what was your game? It was your game yesterday, Matt? Wasn't it? So what happened to Manly? You reckon? Well, I don't think we've got any confidence at the moment, and. When you when I say that, all your play comes from your spine. Like that's just how it goes. Tom Trevojevic has been out because he's been injured, so he's our he's our Jonathan Thurston. When he doesn't play, we struggle. But we've still got a half and a five eighth, and they're not playing very well. I thought Cherry Evans' start to the season is the worst I've seen in ten years, and I think he's been to me. He's actually gone down a step every year, and that mm-hmm. state of origin aside, he actually plays well in that. And if he did that in the club games, would be all right. And our hooker, who's going to be, who was already on the books to play State of Origin, Manasi Fainu, who got caught up in that stabbing case, which still hasn't gone to court. They've still got him on contract. So they're paying out all this money to keep him because he'll be the world's next best hooker and he'll probably be the Australian hooker. If he doesn't go to jail first, if that's, you know, the outcome of the court case, but we haven't had him for two years. So we've got a hooker that's not there. We've got the probably at least equal to the best fullback in the league missing for the first month of the season, the highest paid player in the game that's playing like a donkey. Well, how can you win anything? And then we've yeah. got all the mistakes on top of that, like just a player gets a ball and because no one else is firing, the team morale's down. And so they just drop a simple ball that normally you would take. Interesting, mm. interesting. And meanwhile, um, St. George, they, they lost their first game and then the next two games, you know, they, they, they came through and it was all on, realise it's all on completion rates. Once they have possession, they get momentum. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the nature of the game, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, fascinating. But then, okay, what about the, um, the Roosters and Souths game? Did you watch that? I watched the second half and that was a, well, it was an upset. I, I didn't get home till about half time, and the, the by then the Rabbitohs had uh, well and truly got, got themselves a lead, yes. which surprised me. Yeah. Anyway, the Roosters have got their injury problems, and then of course Luke Carey goes down. He looks like he's gone for the season. Yeah. Uh, so they see a large percentage of their salary cap just watching games because they can't play. <laughs> It'd be interesting to test their depth. Like one of the conversations we had last night, I'm jumping around a bit. They were talking about Penrith and Penrith are doing all right, but they should be perhaps performing better because of their, their depth of talent in the Western suburbs of Sydney. But they do lose a few players across different clubs. Yeah, but you've, you've got to have elite players. Like I think Penrith have now got elite players and they've got depth and they've got a bench. And I heard a commentator, might have been Mark Guy the other day, just on the radio, and I think he was right. He said, basically, you can't win a premiership unless you've got a good bench these days and then some depth mm. after that, like the Roosters have. And they'll bounce back. They'll be all right. But uh, just losing Kiri, like I think he's one of the top three footballers in the entire NRL. And yeah. that, will, that will be a huge loss. I don't know whether they'll recover enough from that. Like to win the comp, I mean. Yeah. They'll win yeah. games. They'll still be top four. But I would even go out on a, you know, a branch right now or on a ledge maybe. I don't think, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they can win the grand final without Luke Keary. I don't think so. Yeah, interesting. I think that's what I think that's the the Senate. Hannah Hollis was asking um, Trent Robinson questions in the presser, and um, he, he was being pressed about what are you going to do to replace him. He said, "Well, let's just 
let me get through the injuries things and see what's happened. So he's got a bit of homework to do, it looks like. It was great watching him. Yeah, it was absolutely great. Well, he is a good coach and he's a clever thinker. I heard the end of that um, interview and he said, I'm excited that, you know, he wasn't excited that Luke Keary got hurt, yeah, just putting that into context. Yeah. He just said, well, I'm excited about the opportunities it brings for other players, which is a positive way to look at it. And he said, and we have to find a way. And they do. Yeah, mm. that's right. Yeah, no, that, that's then, exactly that's, right. Yeah. That's right. Well, the only thing... I don't think they will, though. <laughs> Well, I've got the uh, I've got the chili on at the moment, and Canberra are ahead thirty-one to sixteen against the Warriors at the moment. Yeah, yeah I saw the first half; they were yeah. strong. Yeah, the the second half they're in now, and Kevin, as an aside, the game looks like it's at Canberra, which is right next to where they're running they're running the forty-eight hour race at the moment in Canberra. Oh, that's right next next to the stadium, isn't it? Oh, yeah, the hour. yeah, that's, yeah. That's so the four, they're tw- they're about probably what are they twenty-four. They're uh, probably about 30 hours. Yeah, probably 30 something hours by 30 now. hours into the 48 hour race. They're yeah. About, they're about five, six hours into the 12 hour race. Yeah. And then, the, and they're about six hours into the 24 hour race, I think, too. Oh, right. Oh, that, well, and then yeah. the marathon starts tonight. Matt, this is where I went a few years ago. I used to drive down after work from Sydney to Canberra, stay in a hotel there, and they'd have the 12 hour race from 10 o'clock till 10 o'clock. And last year, two years ago or three years ago, when I went, the Brumbies were playing in the stadium next to the next to the Oval. <laughs> yeah. And then now, obviously, right now, they're running around during the six-hour race, 24, 12, and, that, and that's about all I think at the moment. And this game is going on right next door. So now, was, it, was it surreal? Like, could you hear the game next door when they're cheering and carrying on? You could, yeah. Um, and last <laughs> two years ago when I did it, I actually the game wasn't there, but I actually sat down and I was doing the twelve-hour race, and I listened to the whole Parramatta game, like <laughs> while I was running around the track. So that passed, um, you know, eight to ten hours pretty quickly for me. So well, if someone wanted a break from the forty-eight hour, they could sneak over the stadium for an yeah. hour and a half or so, watch the game, and come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, they yeah. do have breaks in the forty-eight hours. Have you run forty-eight hour a race like that when you were running? Oh, 48. So I did a couple of them. Yeah. It's, um, the 48 is a very difficult, um, time frame to know how to manage because do you stop for sleep or do you, like in a 24 hour, you don't stop for sleep. You just yeah. keep going. That's fine. In a six day race, for example, you've got to have sleep at some point, but in 48 hours, uh, the decision is do you sleep and do you not? And, um, I think it's just too far. I, I found it too far to go without sleep. Yes, uh, and what distance did you carry? Cover? Oh, gee, I was. Oh, I, I never got. I never got to three hundred. I, I didn't do terribly well at the forty-eight hour. It was. It was one sort of uh, discipline that I never sort of felt that I got the better of. Unfortunately, but you got into. But you got into two hundred k's. Oh yeah, yeah, two hundred was. I mean that that's that's nothing really over forty-eight hours. Yeah, well, so what is it? That's... Can I just say it sounds like a lot to me? <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> oh, it it's a lot. And, and never mind yeah. about that, like the fact that you can go 48 hours with or without sleep. I've mm. had a rat in the reef this week. I've had two nights without sleep. <laughs> and I'm absolutely cactus, and that's with no running. Oh, right. <laughs> Seriously, I, I, don't know, I don't know how you stay awake for two days. Like, I can live without food, water, pretty much anything, but not sleep. I, I find that's the most depriving sense of all. So 48 hours, like, on your feet, even yeah. with the sleep, that must be really hard. Well, if you're doing nothing, you're going to fall asleep. When you're moving, the blood's pumping, then um, you really don't think about sleeping. You're focusing on what you're doing. Really? 
But yeah, I'm just, and then, you know, it's when it's all over, you think, oh, gee, I'm tired, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I reckon I'd be thinking a lot earlier than that. Yeah. No, did, you break, I, did you chunk it up? I, well, I, the experience I had many years ago was um, the, the Wasatch 100-mile race in America. And that, but I was, um, from when I woke up to when I finally got back to the hotel asleep, it was about 45 hours without a sleep um i thought i'm gonna sleep forever now i laid down the bed for about 10 minutes and got up and went and spent the rest of the night out by the pool just sitting there awake <laughs> i couldn't sleep i just couldn't sleep i don't know it just uh, so that was um i probably went 65 hours or so without sleep wow that's yeah mm. look sometimes you can get past the point of being tired but that's even worse because you mm. want to go to sleep but you can't Exactly, and, uh, and I just couldn't. So, yeah, very strange experience. So, so Matty, you went for a walk before our mates chat today. Yeah, have, have you been out on that cycle path for a jog yet? No, I'm building up to it. I might get back there eventually this year. <laughs> I'll get there one day, but it's not quite yet because the last week I've been, you know, up in the roof, putting in bats, putting out rat sack. <laughs> oh, I've, I've been rat sacked well and truly. And, uh, you know, if that settles down, I might have enough energy left to go for a jog. <laughs> but the track was actually about five, no, maybe not five metres, maybe three, four metres underwater. Really? Up outside the front of your place? Wow. No, not 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 the one directly across the road, but down at the river, which is only eighty mm. meters away, hundred meters tops. Yeah. Right. So when you head towards the river from your place, past the through the houses and down the other side there. Yeah, down under the bridge, but that's where often I walk down under that yeah. bridge. So that was underwater, was it? Yeah. So it knocked out a lot of tracks, but the you know the rivers dropped and they're back now, so people are starting to come out, and it's amazing. Like we sort of live out here on the edge of town in the western suburbs, if you like, and they put in all these walking tracks. And I never thought anyone had ever used them. Well, you know, just the odd person. But since the pandemic, people use them all the time, yeah. ride, walk their dogs. Like when you, it, it sounds a bit silly, but, you know, build it and they will come. I think that actually works like that. Yeah. If you provide that service, like that um, concrete path that you can either walk or ride on it, there's plenty of people that use that of all ages for all, all sorts of reasons. So you said you're not running, mm. Maddie, but you are doing some walking. You're getting out for walks each day maybe? or uh, I do it on the weekend usually. I do an hour's walk every Saturday and Sunday just yeah. to try and keep moving. I don't do it so much through the week because I usually do, you know, work two jobs. So it's they're long days. I did 44 hours this week by Thursday and, you know, then mm. two nights of no sleep and you're just cactus. You, yeah. there's, no, there's nothing <laughs> that left after that. that so, so, so you had you had your, your normal Friday off to do your shopping. You've had a quiet day today? No, I've been up in the roof just trying to <laughs> rat-proof rat my house. But the funny thing is I got up in the roof not only this morning but yesterday, and as you get older, you get a little bit stiffer. And, I mean, it's pretty small areas up there and you're crawling on your belly and sliding through and – I nearly went through the roof today, but I'm glad that I didn't. And I just thought yesterday, if I get stuck, I thought I could get stuck up here or cramp or just get in a difficult position. No one's even going to know I'm in this roof. (laughs) And when they find me, it'll be years later, they'll be going, Jesus, there's a rotten smell coming out of that house. It must be. And it won't won't be the rat, but. (laughs) No, no. It'll be me in the roof. So just find bones. (laughs) 
Yeah, if I'm not here next week and uh, send the ambulance around, the first place I want you to get them to check is the roof. All right, then. Yeah. Where's the manhole? I can't remember. In the garage. Oh, really? You have to go in the garage yeah. for it? Okay. I would never. I normally find them in halls. Yeah, no, mine's in the garage. And you can get up in it okay, but once you're in it, it's pretty hard getting out of there. Fair dinkum. Yeah. It's a young yeah, man's make, game. Make very small manholes these days, the more modern houses. <laughs> I think pygmies are going to live there. Yeah. And as we get older, you know, your metabolism slows down and we just tend to get bigger. You don't want to, but you do get a bit bigger and a bit slower. Yeah. Well, I guess the silver lining will be, Maddie, if you start getting some smells through the house, you know you've got them. Yeah, and that's, uh, yeah. that's the worst thing because yeah. when you do poison them, if you get them, I remember in one house many years ago, the rat got killed or the mouse, whatever it was, but it, it wedged between a cavity in the yeah. wall and you, oh. couldn't, you couldn't get there to get it out and it stunk for about a month. Gee, it was terrible. It was really yeah, bad. We, we, we've had two incidents of those. One, we could with the window open, we could sort of smell something and <laughs> we realised about three years later there was a dead possum, you know, in the sort of bush out past oh. our bedroom window. So oh, we, did, we, did, we put up that smell for ages thinking it was in the, in the, in the, the wall cavity. But the funnier one was, and Matt's been there, Kevin, we've got a living area in the middle of the house with a skylight yeah. and the cat comes in and out through the window. And, and if he's not very good and he hasn't sort of completely finished off the mouse, the mouse starts running oh. around the living area in the middle. Oh, yeah. So anyway, obviously one, <laughs> one time the cat had a mouse, couldn't find it and just forgot about it. You can sort of tell he's looking around for it, but never, yeah. then we know that he gives up. And then we thought, well, then we, and it was about, it was a couple of years ago. And then, then we thought, oh, there's a bit of a smell in the living area here. Oh, here we go. Something else has happened. We forgot about it for a while. And then what we did is we did a spring clean probably six, eight months later in, in September and pulled up the rug. And underneath the rug was a uh, squashed mouse. Squashed <laughs> and it had uh, gone uh, under the blanket. And Matt, you'd yeah. imagine where that is right in the middle of the living area just there. Oh. And <laughs> That's what it was, but it was, um, yeah. So sometimes they just come in and out of them and you, you got to deal with them. But anyway, that was that story. But interesting <laughs> was he just, it's only a little one, but it was squashed. It was like it could have been a bookmark. You should have a cat or a dog because they keep, you know, your mice plague down usually, but yeah. Yeah, it's not so good if they keep bringing them back into the house. They and bring them in them. Yeah. yeah, they do. Then you say, you go, Good boy, good girl, and then just usher them outside. Yeah. Did you exercise today, Kevin? Yeah, I'm going to get another one and bring it back. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I did about 5K this, 5K this morning. Swimming uh, or walking run, or running? Well, if you if you call it call it running, it was wasn't terribly fast, but yeah. Yeah, good. You're out it there. Was, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do something a bit longer tomorrow. Um, the Franks and the Port Sea is only three weeks to go, three weeks yeah. away, 55K and. I don't know how I'm going to get – I'll get through it, but it's going to be a long day. Yeah, no, um, that's right. Yeah, I've been talking into it, so I've got to you – know, Well, when, I, when I sent you the message at midday today, I couldn't remember if your 55Ks was this weekend or not. Maddie, you missed uh, our discussion last week. We talked 18th. about – sorry, Kevin, go on. I'll just say it's the 18th of April, three weeks away. Three weeks, okay, I remember yeah. that. Um, Maddie, last week we talked about um, what we do in terms of exercise – on our sort of decadal birthdays. And you're not doing too oh, much now, I know. What, what were some of the things that you've done when you turned you know, 40, 50 or when you turned 60 or whatever? Well, I don't know about right at 40, but at 42 years old, I used to play two games of football. I used to play reserve grade and first grade back-to-back. -back. I'd never been fitter. 
and I'd get tired in the last 15 minutes of first grade. That's, right. That, that's where that's I was at big. 40, at yeah. 42. And these players these days, like I was watching a couple of different games. I watched the West Tigers game last week against, it'll come to me in a moment, but half the players, and Leilua was one of them, not Joey, but I think the other brother, I can't think of his name, but they spent half the game walking around. Like they're just walking. And if the ball went mm. behind them or someone beat them or someone ran to the left or the right, they just walked there. Like, I mean, that's all they do for a living. And I know they're big guys, but they're also fit guys. And that's all they do all week. Like I'd play a better game at football of any of them at 42. Like what, 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 what don't they get about, you know, being active and, you know, uh, just being on the ball all the time. And half the players aren't like that. And that's Michael Maguire's team, who's, you know, a fitness mm. fanatic and a nut for getting the best out of players. Like, Jesus, never mind pulling out his hair. I don't think he's got any left. And <laughs> Like, you watch your players and the ball goes over. It led to one try. They kicked the ball over Leilua's head. So he's back there to try and take the catch. It goes over his head. So he watches the ball goes over over his head and only landed about two, three metres behind him. So then he watched it. And, of course, the other team recovered it and they scored a try. He watched the whole thing. Like, I don't, I don't get any of that. <laughs> so for your next, we'll let you decide when it is, but I know when it is. Are you going to try and do something to sort of celebrate your next decade birthday like you, will you try and do something physical or active like sort of say 70 kevin did um 50 50 50 meters on 50 seconds for his 50th birthday wow running. that's awesome uh, that was that was swimming swimming yeah that was swimming 50 on yeah, 50 was swimming oh gosh 50, that's even worse. On the 50s. that was swimming but then last year when i was 60 i did 60 60s on 60 seconds that was at the athletic track Ah, oh, right. One was swimming and one was... So you'll have to do yeah. cycling in your 70. Um, yeah, I'll have to think of something for 70. Or something. I could cycle 70 laps of the velodrome or something. I'd have to get a bike, though. The old dragster wouldn't cope with it. <laughs> what, about, what about a motorbike? I've got a motorbike. I might, yeah, that's a good idea. I might, yeah, I might do good. 70 laps on a motorbike of Mount Panorama. That'd be good. That'd yeah. be good. That would be a, yeah. be a challenge. Why not? Yeah. Wow, how long would that take? That's six k's at a time. I can't work that yeah, out. Yeah, but you've got a speed limit, sixty k's. It's uh, take four hundred twenty k's. Yeah, that's um, huge. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. I just got probably fall off and crash. I'm not going to do that. But that's what I'm not do. like you guys. Like you just, <laughs> you guys just keep setting the bar higher and higher. As I'm getting older, I'm setting the bar a little bit lower. lower. A little bit lower, yeah. a little bit lower. That's what happened. Right. Yeah. We've got a few years, Maddie. We're going to find out what you're going to do for your 70th, okay? We're going to find a little activity. <laughs> oh, maybe I could pick out 70 minutes of highlights from my entire previous life. You could do uh, that and put it because you're into videos. You can make something for us. Seven minutes with Maddie. Yep. Uh, One minute about, for every decade. Yeah. What about the 70 best tries by Manly over a decade? Hey, that's cool. Yeah, well, that would be good. But that's too many. You'd have to be a manly nut to watch that. I, even I yeah. would get a bit tired of, after about 20. <laughs> but mm. maybe the top 20 tries or something. I mean, maybe you could do a bit on different sports. Like I've followed soccer. I've followed football. I've played and followed AFL. I've followed a little bit of rugby union and played that. that lots of sports I like. So maybe the sporting highlights for a 70-year-old. That was my story today in Facebook. It was about Freddie Jones. <laughs> 
like he passed away last week. He was the first manly captain to for us to win a premiership. And Freddie Jones was, you know, he he was a rough and tough footballer. Yeah. But when you see these players when you're a kid, you know, they're much older than you, which is why mm. you're going along to the games. But my point was you never think that that player you're watching at that time, like for me back in 1973, one day won't even be here. You don't even have that yeah. comprehension yeah. yet. Yet all the players that you follow as a kid, whether that be your football team or, you know, your favourite band or your favourite actors, most of them are going to be gone before you. That's if you live a long and healthy life because everyone's mm. ahead of you that you're looking up to. Yeah, well, all my favourite pop singers are all dead now. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I rest my case. Thank yeah. you, Kevin. <laughs> Do you follow Maddie on Facebook, Kevin? Um. No, I don't, I don't think I do. I, I'm not sure. No, I don't. I'll well, you're probably to, uh, lucky, mate. Keep it that way. <laughs> oh, no, I can hit, hit the friend request. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I did a manly story today, but it wasn't about just manly. It was about it was about really looking up to your heroes because they yeah. are when you're a kid. Your footy team, you look up to them and, you know, you think they're gods and they pretty much are. And then yeah. one day you find out, you know, they're just mortal beings, like, well, like we all are. Yeah. But you just never expect when you're young all your heroes – at the other end of your life to be dropping off the planet and quite so fast. I think it's odd when you see some of your, your sporting idols when you're a kid, you see them now, they're still alive, of course, but they're old men. Yeah, and that's right. Look out and you think, oh, <laughs> is, that, is that really so-and-so? Yeah, the great full forward, you know? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's some right. people don't look after themselves either after they finish their sporting careers. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's a phenomena of, you know, maybe when they're young and they're fit, they probably, especially rugby league players, you eat and drink like, you know, a horse, so to speak. Yeah. And then when they stop playing, well, they stop doing all the training that burns all that off because they've got, you know, they're pretty uh, physical and healthy beings. But then they just balloon out because I think they're still on the same kind of rations yeah. that you get used to. But then they're not training for, you know, 20 hours a week or whatever they were doing. Well, some no. of the old footballers down here look terrible. Yeah. Do they? Physically. Yeah, there, there are some that, that are, are pictures of health and fitness in their 60s and whatever. Yeah. But a lot of them look terrible. <laughs> it's pretty rare, isn't it? Would you say it's a smaller percentage that, you know, oh, definitely. That, that look after themselves yeah. like in their older age? Yeah, definitely. That's, That's uh, what I yeah. would have said too, yeah. Mm. Yeah, see, well, Wayne, Wayne Pierce has always looked after himself. I've seen him around in the yeah. poker now and then, and he's always – he looks good yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah, but he was, and I'm not making this as an excuse, he was always a fitness fanatic, but he obviously kept that going. Like, that wasn't just, a, you know, him playing football. That was him. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. Um, the Warriors good are coming him. back, 20, 31 to 28. Well, oh, Whoa. you're kidding me. Yeah, I never Warriors would have picked it. I would have thought they got flogged at the at the half-time school. And Canberra just stopped them from scoring. So they, I thought they'd scored Whoa. Canberra. It was defensive. So there you go. No, the Warriors are on a roll. So six minutes, 40 to go. Oh, Well, they might do it. They're having a better year. And I, I don't yeah. know about you guys, but did you notice after round one, my first observation about, you know, where teams are coming, I could I could just see after round one, there's a, there's a top eight and there's a bottom eight, and I don't think it's pretty much going to change the whole season. No, Maybe eighth that's... place mm. might, but I can't see it. I think the top eight's going to be the top eight pretty much, and the bottom eight, like us, well – I think we can even win our first wooden spoon this year. 
Haven't you won a wooden spoon before, Manly? Never, and that's Manly's pride and joy. Wow. And that's what I mean by not turning up. I I don't care if you're first or last, but you've always got something to play for in this world. And when Mm -hmm. you turn up, you don't turn up and you're going to get the wooden spoon like the Broncos did last year and laughed about it in the last game like, that's no good. And then you deserve deserve that wooden spoon. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, that's interesting, interesting. What do you guys think of the Bulldogs? Do you think they'll be a bit better this year through Uh, recruitment and Barrett and all the rest of it? They've got uh, Josh Adokar coming next year. Oh, confirmed, is it? Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that looks so there. And what be... about Matt Burton, who was just awesome on Thursday yeah. night? Geez, mm-hmm. I don't know how Penrith are letting him go. Christ, I'd pay him a million dollars. That kid's good. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think the Bulldogs are uh, going to be, uh, um, yeah, Bulldogs will be a good team next year. Yeah, that's what I think too. Maybe next year's their big year. Next year, yep. yeah, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, one more year to go. Well, um, the other thing I heard is that the, the Titans are um, uh, are out to uh, to poach um, Brandon Smith, the block of cheese, as they call him from the store. Oh, really? From Melbourne? Well, yeah. Okay. Mm. They'll do um, well if they get him, won't they? Yeah. Well, I bring him. He's, he's still. We're, we're waiting for Harry Grant. Harry Grant's probably still another one or two weeks away. Yeah. Uh, he'll take over as our main hooker. He's the the man for the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Smith sort of leaves him a bit on the outer then, so. Well he'd, be a good, well, he'd be a good buy for any team. And the thing is, the trouble with letting a player like that go is like, look at Harry. Harry got injured and he's out. Yeah. And then you don't have a, you know, and exactly. they've lost Cameron Smith. Like, yeah. you, you can let players go too early, but maybe they can't keep him with the salary cap. Yeah, but the thing with Cameron Smith in his entire 20-year career, I think he missed about four games from injury. Wow. Seven. Oh, seven. seven. Oh, you've done yeah. your homework, Matty, have you? There you go. Well, yeah. I think I think I heard that. I'm not trying to correct Kev, but no, well, it was well, seven. Well, and like, it, was it wouldn't matter if it was wouldn't matter if it was seventeen, but you know, it's under ten, and it's like incredible. Who? Yeah. How could that even happen in this this day and age? Yeah, but then there were, when I was at the practice game, and Harry Grant injured his knee, and it, it didn't look like much at all. It wasn't much of a tackle or anything, and just I thought, oh, is, is the guy injury prone and? Uh, you start to worry. Yeah, well, it's like Kiri's one last night. That I couldn't see. No one touched him. He yeah, just, no, he's just he's running. He, he, yeah. he changed direction. They said, and he did. He changed direction and put pressure yeah. on his ACL yeah. or medial ligament and Gonski's. Mm. Yeah. But you know what? I think an issue of this is too. And I look, I could be wrong. It's just a popular theory, if you like. But. Uh, these players get all these injuries these days, not so much in Luke Keary's case because he's quite a, you know, svelte, slim kind of individual. But you've got footballers carrying, you know, two and three times the weight of a normal person and it's all muscle yeah. and it's all fired up. So you're in a body that's not made to carry that weight and not made to run into other blokes flat out and they're running into you flat out. So it's not surprising there are so many injuries. I think too big and too fast has actually been a mistake of the game. And now we've just got so many injuries. If you look at Cameron Smith, he's not super strong. He's not super fast, but he's hard as, and he's tough and he's fit and he's smart. And he's played all of those years and missed seven games. So there's something in that. Yeah, definitely. Mm. He he, he made up for all that, all the, the shortcomings by being the smartest player. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I hate him because he plays for Queensland. I'm so glad he retired. 
So, um, but I admire him. Who, who did West sort Tigers of. play last week? That was the game where they got absolutely flogged by. Uh, was it Canberra? I can't remember now. It was their left-hand side of defence. What? How do you think Parramatta are going to go tonight? What's their? What are they? I'm worried about their edges. Who are they playing? Um, Cronulla, is it? Yeah, the Sharks. Yeah. That's right. You're correct. Mm. At no, Parramatta. I. Well, yeah. A good question. Is yeah, it? it is. It, it is. is. Yeah. No, they'll kill them. They'll eat them alive. Really. Well, that's my take. You've got Clint Gutherson, and he's a bit like Tom Trebojevic for us. That kid's awesome. The day Manly sold him, Jesus, that was a big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> We've got rid of so, – well, I know, but we got rid of so many good players that weren't costing us a fortune at the time. He came back one year and he broke his – I think he broke his leg in the first game when he was playing wing when he was a young kid. No, at Manly. Oh, yeah. He played the year before, got a couple of games, was looking at goods, he was fast and all that and playing on the wing. Came back the next year, broke his leg and I think he was out for most yeah. of the season. So mm. Manly got rid of him. And look at him now, he's one of the best players in the game. He yeah. actually, I remember watching because it was in that era when JB gave me tickets to ANZ Stadium and I went to a lot of games while they were playing there, while they were, real, while they were rebuilding Bank West. And I remember watching him play and he actually spent most of one of those years off 17 or 16 or 18. I can't remember because he did his leg again too, but um, he came back. He's a lot stronger now. He's not the skinny little teenage looking kid that he was in those early days. He looks like a, like a fully grown man, which you would expect, but he's sort of a lot stronger mm-hmm. now, a lot more muscles and the rest of it. But he obviously supremely fit, but I think they're all saying they're struggling with their fitness because the game's so fast. All they've scored, the Warriors have gone in. Awesome. Oh, they hit. Yeah, they'll be ahead now. That'll be oh, four great points, old. 32, God, 30, I hope they win. 31 with a kick to come. I'd like, to see, to, go. I'd like yeah. them to see go. I'd like to see them go well this year. That'd be good. Yeah, I like the Warriors. Yeah, they've, they've yeah. sacrificed a lot. Oh, they, they have. Copped, sure copped it last year. Yeah. Well, you, 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 uh, going you back asked to, Go on. Oh, just going back to Gutho for a minute, a minute to finish that one off, like – you never know with your recruitment and your players who's going to turn out to be gold and who isn't. And I'll go back to a very brief review of the Mal Meninga one in Canberra when Mal Meninga mm. broke his arm. Mm. Now, he was out for the rest of that year. He broke and it most, three times. <laughs> well, okay. Well, the year that I'm talking about, he broke his arm. And most clubs at that stage, given he was a match winner and a big bloke and all the rest of it, they they kept him on the books till he got that arm repaired and came back. And then when he did, they won a title. And for me, that's brilliant, not only recruiting, but retention, looking after your players and keeping players who might be injured now, but can turn to goal later now. That doesn't always happen. Sometimes they keep breaking down. You've got to let them go. Yeah. But I like it when clubs stick by their players. Well, that, that whole era, I remember yeah. reading or listening to Mal talk about that. He said he's broken arm. So he, he was always playing with a cast on his arm, if you remember. It was sort of, it was almost like it was a weapon when he was tackling and yeah. <laughs> running. He put his broken arm up. But he said that prolonged his career as well, those breaks. Because other niggles he had in his body healed. Oh, yeah, gave it, yeah, gave him the chance to heal. Yeah, I can, yeah. I can, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. So that helped him mm. on that front. You met, you asked about Canterbury before. Um, I think they're playing Newcastle after this game here from memory. No, and, Broncos. Um, Broncos. Broncos. Are they no. playing the Broncos? No, Broncos are playing the Titans, aren't they? No, that was no. last week. That was no. last week. Broncos are playing the Bulldogs tonight, and I hope the Bulldogs absolutely flog them. I hate oh, the Broncos. They will. The Broncos are a mess. 
Yeah, and, and but look at them. They, you know, they haven't really recruited well. And if you listen to the stories that come out of NRL 360 about how they've paid, you know, some players enormous amounts of money and overs, yeah. and then they've got injured, which is not the player's fault, like Matt Lodge, then you can't build a good team around that. Like you've not only got to have good recruitment, you've got to be really sensible about your payments to players. And then then if you get a couple of big injuries to key players, basically that side's gone, you know, you're out. Mm. All right. So Canterbury is going to win. You're saying, I think Broncos have got problems. You're right. Well, I hope they do. I want them to win. And I don't care if the Broncos get the wooden spoon because then the Sea Eagles won't. <laughs> it'll be two years for Queensland. It'll be happy days for me. I'll be three yeah. cheers for the Broncos. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> You'll be cheering against the Broncos all season. <laughs> yeah. And what about you? Who do you follow in state of origin, Kevin, seeing as you're a Melbourneite? Oh. Well, that's that should be pretty obvious, shouldn't it? Yeah, Queensland. When it comes to New South Wales, uh, the Victorians and the Queenslanders stick together. <laughs> the Mexicans and the, and the Mexicans Canadians. And the yeah, we're, we're all one. The Mexicans and the Canadians. Wales. Bloody yeah. the Canucks. Oh, <laughs> heaven help us. Yeah, there's a, game at, there's a game at the MCG this year. I think it's game one. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've already got my ticket. And um, the last time, a few years ago, when they had State of Origin at the MCG, every single person that turned up, they were given a T-shirt and a purple wig. Yeah, really. And, uh, the whole audience was just purple. <laughs> That's I'll pretty just, good. Good promo. I'll just yeah, interrupt yeah, I've, I've you. Cam- Canberra, Canberra have just almost scored in the corner with five seconds to go. Almost and the, scored. Yeah, the, the Warriors, I can't see who it was, came across. And while the ball was in midair while I was going for the corner, he didn't even bother playing the player. He just pushed the ball out of his hand. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. So with five seconds to go, they've won. The Warriors will hang on. Oh, very good. Awesome. Now, on that note, what are you fellas? I know the strip's still in the game, but I'll ask you guys first. What do you think about the strip? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Blah, blah, blah. I like the one-on-one strip. I think it's exciting. Yeah. Well, that's pretty well what happened just then. Yeah. The, uh, did you read Kenty's article in the Daily Telegraph today? No. He, oh, he, 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 uh, I only got it because I bought $20 worth of um, shopping at IGA, so I grabbed the paper. So, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, read it to us. Tell us the story. <laughs> well, it was a $35 newspaper I bought, basically. But um, <laughs> all this other stuff I didn't need. Um, <laughs> oh, that's story. I thought, this is really stupid. Anyway, I grabbed it. Um, uh, basically, he, you may have noticed during the week on um, NRL 360, he went off a bit about all – he went through the chicken and tackle and all these things, and he basically yeah. said those all came from um, from from your team, Kevin. And, and, yeah, and, I know that. Yeah. And then each year they changed the rules, you know, to mm. accommodate it. But he actually told a story about Matthew Elliott in 2003-04, confidentially had a meeting with um, journalists and said it's not public. Like basically, because he said this is these are the trends in the game, and he foreshadowed all these things. But of course, then you know that's what's happened. So the strip mm. is just one thing, but it's you know they're, they're talking about you know the chicken tackle. I can't remember the chicken wing. Remember there was that chicken wing. That's why you're bending their arm and yeah. yeah. And there's another one where they twist their head. And he listed the about grapple tackle. The grapple tackle, but it's all yeah. to do with the wrestling. The crusher. The crusher. Yeah. Crusher. But look, 
Look, I don't know what you're getting at here, Marty, but I think one point of this is, you know, whatever rules you bring in, then people find a way around it, find a way working around the rules. I would take something out of AFL's toolbox or kit bag at the moment and I would do this. As soon as the player, the player being tackled, you know, stops like in the olden days, like stops moving forward or hits the ground, like mm. the AFL umpires do when someone takes a mark, as soon as they've taken that mark, they go... They just do that short whistle. I just hit that short whistle and that's the end of it. So then all of this wrestling, all of this stripping, all of this stomping on the guy on the ground. I was watching the Melbourne game the other night and some tackles were seven seconds long. Like, mm-hmm. And there wasn't even yeah. a set restart. Like, To me, that's not even entertaining. That's not even football. That That is, to be fair to the players and coach, if they can get away with it, they will. But you yeah. only have to have a referee with one methodology of dealing with that like they do in AFL. You blow that whistle as soon as that player stopped and then just get off him. There's just none of any of this stuff that goes on, none of it. But they mm-hmm. don't do that. They, you know, they'll let you lie on a player for seven seconds. Like, well, you know, expect your neck to be broken and your fingers and your ribs and every other thing you've got. Like, to me, it's all about you can police the game or referee the game if you do that efficiently, everything looks after itself. Yeah. Mm. We need you on NRL 360, Matty. Yeah. They'd probably kick me off. They'll go, oh, we hate you. You you like Manly. Yeah. (laughs) All right. What's happening this week for both of you? Um, For me, oh, not a great deal. Just more work. Work, work and more work. (laughs) So you had three days last week, you said. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was intense. Um, No, I, I... yeah, yeah, last week ended up being five heavy days of work, just physical work. Really? And trying to train at night and I was just exhausted. But, um, yeah, so it'll be much the same this week, although we've got good Friday, so that'll be a day off. Yeah, and, from uh, work, yeah. And then uh, that night will be uh, Melbourne versus Brisbane in the, at home here in Melbourne. Oh, oh right. Awesome. So you get to go to the game. Yeah, well, got to go to the first game. We couldn't sit in our regular seats, though, because of all these stupid rules. But yes. the stupid thing about it was, is once we all got in there, you looked around at the crowd, and it just looked the same, same as any normal crowd. You had people <laughs> you didn't know sitting right in front of you, people you didn't know sitting right behind you. So where's all this social distancing? So I thought, why not just let us sit in our regular members' seats? So where is your seat? Are you are you sort of on the sideline, or where are you? Um, yeah, well, sort of on uh, near the centre line, and we sort of sit above the players' race. So we watch the backs of the players as they run oh, out. That's cool. Up on the second level, it's, it's uh, the premier members' area. It's a fantastic place, but but because of all this stupidity, we ended up sitting down on the first level and on the fifteen metre line. Yeah, which, um, you got a bit of a closer look up at the bench and whatever. But I'd rather have been been up in my normal seat. But I yeah. think we'll be up there soon because our rules are all getting relaxed one at a time. Yeah, I think ours are coming off on Monday, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Maddie? What are you doing this week? More of the same? Uh, four full days of work, as usual. Hopefully no rats in the roof. I might actually get to sleep this week. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a good thing. And yeah, as good. Kevin said, we've got Easter coming up. So I'm actually coming down to Sydney for Easter to uh, my sister's place. And I'll chat with you later. I might be able to swing in a visit and catch up with you on the Friday. But so we'll we, chat about that later. Yeah, we, we can. Yeah, we, we're going to be at Evoca probably. So it's a question if you want okay. to come up for a night. What day? Yeah. Will you drive down Thursday night? 
Uh, I don't know about Thursday because I do really long days and yeah. then just hop in a car after another long day. Yeah. I don't think so. I think I'd drive down on the Friday. Yeah. It works out. So you'd go to Hunters see- Hill then, will you? And then do the well, weekend. I'd, yeah, yeah. I'd go and see you guys on Friday night and then just drive back to Hunters Hill on the Saturday sometime. Maybe mm. have a swim on Saturday morning. Yeah. Or Friday afternoon might be awesome. All right, then. Well, let's talk a bit later. Anyway, when are you coming up to we'll Sydney again, Kevin? Um, I don't know. I'm too scared to go into state at the moment. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Um, the, yeah. the Storm, of, Melbourne Storm are advertising all these away trips to all the various away games throughout the season. And I thought, what? You know, why would I book to go to Townsville in July when uh, something like yesterday, there's a one guy gets a sneeze up in Brisbane and um, they sh- start shutting things down again. It's just too big a risk. You, you're right, um, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, the kids are trying to encourage us to go to Broome in um, September, and I said, yeah. I said, there's no way I'm going to Western Australia. Like we've got to get through our winter yet. Look what's happening in Europe and America and in Canada yeah. in winter. Well, you, 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 you might book for September, and then in in August, all the borders are shut again. You, you don't know yeah. what's going to happen. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just not taking any risks. Uh, well, I went to Albury. That was driving over the border, but then that was only just on the other side of the river. Yeah. <laughs> I was able to get, get back the same day without getting locked up. Yeah. No, that's all right. Are you guys going to have the shot, the COVID shot? Oh, when it comes around, yeah, when I'm eligible. Yeah. yeah, we're not eligible yet, are we? Are you going to take it, Matty? I can't get the jab fast enough. Yeah. My sole goal at, you know, as I'm reaching my ripe old age and heading, heading yeah. towards 70 is to live as long as possible. That's my main goal. Yeah, yeah. I and I'll well, be getting a enough. jab. Oh, I couldn't get it fast enough. And these people, seriously, like, are going, I'm not getting the jab. It'll do this, it'll do that. Yeah. Like, well, hello and goodbye. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I, you know, you don't need any conspiracy theories. Like, if you want to commit Hari Kari, you know, go right ahead, but I'm not. No, I'm no. lining up. I'm lining up for the jab the first day you can get it. My mum had it the other day. Oh, good. She's, she's not super. You know, fit, but she is well. She's 86. She got the AstraZeneca. She said she felt a little bit wobbly for about half an hour, but she's fine. And of course, she's got to go back for a second one. Mm. And she's had a few physical conditions over the years, even um, a few bronchial issues. So it was a bit of a risk for her to take it. Yeah. But I figure if, you know, my mum can get through it so well and so easy, that's another good sign. Plus, worldwide, it's going. Pretty well, no, I can't wait to get it. Because then, going back to Kevin's point, I mean, yeah. how can how can we ever travel again safely just in ourselves? You know, if you haven't got the jab and you're not vaccinated, you just go on a holiday to Queensland and, yeah. you know, someone flies in from overseas and you're as dead as a doornail. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm pretty well the only one in Pennant Hill still wearing a mask. So I'll go down there and I'll wear a mask in the shops. I'll go for my run, finish my run at Pennant Hills, and I'll go in and, you know, today, because it was a Saturday, I bought myself a nice healthy meat pie and a finger bun. <laughs> so after the run. But say right. you got a protein after a run, don't you? But I think it means some yeah, slightly right, longer runs. <laughs> but anyway. So yeah, you're, getting but, the, you're getting the jab then, Marty? Oh, yeah. When, when it's my turn, thumbs up. I will. Um, yeah. Ali, Ali got it. She got it in the first three days because she works in a hospital. So she had that other, the other drug, whatever it's called, the first Pfizer. one. Pfizer. Yeah. Pfizer. So and how did, how did she handle it? What did she, she say? She was fine. She said um, a few people from the second one of that one might have had a few tickles, but okay. it, she was okay. So um, has she got to get two, by the way. Has she got to go a, back. For she's another had one? a second one already. Wow. So, yeah. Oh, so she. Good. Yeah. So I think she has. I'm pretty sure she has. Yeah. So they That's pushed awesome. through. Yeah. Good honour. 
Yeah, so um, she was pretty well done in the first month or so when they came out, which the, which they're doing. They're doing that for people who work in healthcare and mm. special things like that. And so they should, you know, the frontline yeah. health workers, they're oh, the yeah. ones always at risk. So mm. it's really good to see that. Yeah, so that's all right. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll put my hand up. I'll wait for the time to come. Yeah, it's probably reminded me, I haven't, I've never really had the flu shots over the years, but I think I'll, ha- I'll had the flu shot last year and I think I'll have it again this year as well. I think it helps. I got another one that you might be interested in because I think once you, well, you're probably all too young, but once you pass, (laughs) once you pass, I'm talking to the old people now of the world. Once you pass 65, you can get actually your pneumonia shot, but getting the pneumonia shot, even if you have to pay for it, might be 40 bucks. It's not, you know, the end of the world, but the pneumonia shot gives you about five years of resistance to things like this. So it's like a double whammy. It's like yeah. a backup. So last year, cause I was still way, way, way too young by about six months, I paid for my <laughs> pneumonia shot. So I just would have that extra level of, um, you know, hopefully immunity if you get something, you know, yeah. cause it's often pneumonia that kills you in the end anyway. Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's right. So what was that you're drinking during the chat, Maddie? Iced tea. Oh, I thought I it just was something iced nice like that. Tea. And yeah. by the way, I haven't had a drink this year. You said that. I bought one. a Diet Coke. A Diet Coke? Yeah. <laughs> I've got Diet Coke, but my favourite is Diet Vanilla Coke because it's got a bit of flavour. Oh, you told me that last week. Oh, vanilla, can't stand it. Oh, really? Oh, I love it. I love the smell of vanilla. No, me too. Oh, I love the vanilla. I've never had a, um, a vanilla Coke, though. That might be interesting. No. So, uh, so yeah. Maddie, so you've, are you going to go for the year, you reckon? What do you mean? Not drinking? Yeah, I've set my mind to it. And the thing is, um, yeah, you just can. And the, the funny thing is, I'd still like to have a drink sometimes, like Friday night and when you get together with people having a chat, mm. it's just a natural and a good thing to do. But there's a little window, and that window can go from about 10 seconds to maybe a couple of minutes. Yeah. And if you pass yeah. that window, you don't, you don't actually need it. No, you're you right. Because you don't you, ever have to have it. But if you're in that window, by the Jesus, do you want it? Yes, you do. Yeah. Yes. Well, as you know, I'm coming up to I've passed six years now without a drink, and my little window is often on a nice hot day when I'm doing the barbecue. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. Th- that little window of a really and, nice day. And I'm how long still- does it last for you? Like till you get past it? Oh, like you said, it's only a minute or two, and. Um, and I've just, I usually su- substitute it with, you know, I'll go out now to restaurants and pubs. I, and actually, honestly, I try to avoid them. But if I have to go out for work or something like that, or there's a family function, I'll buy a, a cup of coffee. And it's really strange. Everyone else is drinking beer, but I'm sitting there drinking <laughs> a cup of coffee. <laughs> but but I, I like, I actually I like. A Coke. <laughs> yeah, I got sick of that. The weight wasn't going off, Kevin. So last night when we went out for dinner down at our local yeah. just here, I, I had um, I had four schooners of soda water, so no sugar, <laughs> and I could actually yeah. drink it. So it's just like having something in your hand to drink while everyone yeah. else is having a beer yeah. or a wine. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, going to say it was a really good idea of yours because, and they say that about giving anything up, like to have a substitute, because when you go out and you have a drink that's a substitute, you know, while everyone's saying, yeah, go on, won't drink, won't hurt you, one drink won't uh, kill you. Well, it can, but anyway you know, as long as you've got your diet Coke or whatever it is that you're drinking, you just get that drink and it's just like drinking anything else, except it's not alcoholic at all. Yeah, no, you, you, you're right. And, 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 and I've, as you know, I've done it in different stages. I remember when I did it in 2006, and I think I had three or four years of drinking while I was running mm-hmm. marathons and that was doing six foot track and the rest of it. 
I made the mistake of just, I'd sit at the barbecue and I'd be drinking Coke, like with sugar. And yeah. it was just, it was, the effect was just not worth it, if that makes no. sense. So I had to actually, th- this stint of six of years, it's a lot of sugar and Coke. And, I, and I've got a very sweet tooth. So like Friday night, as I've said, I, I'll, Friday night is my sweet night and I'll go buy those little bananas <laughs> and spearmints, yeah. put them in a Tupperware container and just go. <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> Tell me this, Marty, like you, and you are to be congratulated, like to get six years of not drinking, that's pretty awesome, especially in Australia, in this country, we're a drinking country. Has it been better for you or has it been worthwhile like not oh, drinking yeah, definitely, definitely. have you have, have you felt better really is what i'm getting at I, by not by not doing it yeah uh, probably at three levels the first level is my brain capacity is so much better my concentration my ability to think things through and be a bit more critical in my th- critical in the sense of being analytical mm. in my mm. thinking mm. that's really that's really helped mm. um my sleep is much better much, much better. Like that whole, they're just waking up in the morning, no matter what happens. The worst thing that I could have in the morning is, is that if I have too much sugar the night before, I could feel a bit queasy. If that makes sense. Like you wouldn't yeah. if you had too many beers. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing is, is my diet. I've, I've, I've my diet's changed a lot since then. Cause I did all those years of triathlons and running, which I still do, but I was eating a lot of complex carbohydrates, lots of potatoes and pasta and rice. But I don't, mm. my body doesn't need that anymore. Kevin might be able to identify with this. And so I now just have, if we have spaghetti bolognese, I'll just have the bolognese and put some veggies in it, boiled veggies, rather than the yeah. pasta or the rice. <laughs> if oh, I have, so yeah, I'll ha- I, I will eat a steak now, which I didn't, not too often, but I do. And the other thing I've done is I've, I, I'm a hopeless cook, as you know, Matt. You're a much better cook than me. But <laughs> not really. I've, but I've started to actually, I've, I've mastered how to sort of put salmon in an oven. So I'll eat salmon <laughs> once or twice a week. So I quite like that with a bit of rice and a bit of veggies. So they're the three things, my, 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 my brain, my sleep, and my diet have all got yeah. better because of it. That's really good, isn't it? That's, that's nice to hear because, you know, I know alcohol is a legal and social drug and that's why we like it. And you usually have a few drinks and you feel much better. But it's amazing when you don't have it, what other things can improve as a result of that. Like mm. it's not all just, um, you know, abstinence and suppression, if that's the right term. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. My last drink was 35, 36 years ago. Oh, you've got the story. So how yeah. did that happen? But no, I, you I you win, Kevin, by the way. Yeah, you win. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I was never much of a drinker anyway. But, it, yeah, it was a Christmas party one year and I just – what year 1937 1984 i think jesus mate i was so sick the next day it was just horrible i thought i'll never touch this stuff again and i haven't (laughs) did you were only 24 years old then yeah it's amazing so you're a kid yeah pretty much and uh, i certainly don't feel as if i missed anything in life is that Uh, when you was is that when you started running properly was that your substitution yeah yeah, i was was pretty much it was about the same time yeah and i thought you know I, i was I want to get a bit serious about doing some longer runs. So, yeah, just gave it away and that was it. You know what? I'm not surprised because you talk about I, – I talk about ultra runners, which you are, and ultra swimmers like you are, marathon swimmers. Mm. It's, sometimes a, it's sometimes a relationship between competing obsessions. It is, well, it is, yeah. I, I drink a lot of Diet Coke and I do that because if I, you know, if I was to drink alcohol, I would drink a lot of it. I wouldn't just have yeah. to use. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I recognize that myself. So that's why I don't touch it at all. I, I know I do it to extreme, like everything. 
So how would you answer Matt's question then? What have been your benefits from it? Well, I really well, I never was much of a drinker anyway, so I really don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Other than uh, the uh, the occasional hangover, and that, that was never fun. Yeah, the next day it was just so hard to function. And you try and go to work or something, or, or the next day just be a write-off. Yeah. And you think, well, I've just wasted a Saturday of my life and I could have been doing something. Instead, I was, you know, flaked out in bed. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. Mm. So, All right. Yeah. The biggest thing I've noticed, not so much for me, although I'm a bit like Marty, maybe not quite uh, on all those levels, but I have felt better this year. The first thing I noticed in the first couple of weeks was just the fact that everywhere you look in our society, mostly on TV, because I watch TV, that's yeah. my entertainment. Christ, mm. every single show I watched for two weeks, it, doesn't, it didn't matter what show I was watching, Everyone was either had a drink in their hand, was yeah. going to get a drink, or had just come back from a drink. Yeah. And it sort of hit me like a ton of bricks. It's like every second reference was to drinking. And it's like, yeah. are we really that ingrained? Because the week well, we before are. when I was mm. drinking, I wouldn't have seen any of those things. Yeah. I would have just gone, yeah, that's normal and that's normal. You wouldn't even yeah. think about it. And the week I stopped drinking or the week after, it's like every second reference is about having a drink, uh, I just need a drink, I'm going for a drink. It's like we're just obsessed as a culture with drinking. It's like, God, it's is it that bad? And the answer is I think it is. You're yeah. right because when I, I – when I, when, in the early days, I used to have mates, and you know a few of them, Maddie. Um, they'd say, "Oh, look, you're not really stop drinking. Come out and just have a few beers now, and then you can just go back on again later on." And I said, "Mate, it doesn't work that way." No. Then, actually, paradoxically, I did break it. I think I told you, Matt, but I might not have told Kevin. When um, Noodles got married last year, um, I went for a run, and he was staying at a, at his place before the the, the wedding. And I went for a run, went to the bottle shop and got two long necks, VB long necks. And I walked into the place and he said, oh, how are you going, dad? And we were just chatting. He was sort of, you know, it was 24 hours before the wedding. And he was, he, he had a, he had a really nice little sort of uh, fibro cottage on the beach at Avoca that they rented for the, um, to basically for their mates and them to get ready for the wedding. And so I went in there and as he was sitting there, he was having a beer himself and his mates who coincidentally had got the units next door, they were in there. So he was by himself. And so I walked in there and I went to my bag and I pulled out the long neck and I said, well, I'm not going to let you get married without having a beer with you before that. So I sat down on the deck with him and I had, um, I think I had two, maybe had three, one and a half long necks with him just sitting there. And wow. then I haven't had another one since. And, um, that was magical. I really enjoyed that. And um, I tell you what, that stuff, it was pretty quick to be perfectly honest. Like, you know, we were there for an hour and a half, two hours. So that was three beers and, you know, two hours or something. It went straight to my head. Yeah. Amazing. It'll knock you over very quickly. Yeah. We had to go out for a dinner afterwards and that, but it was just a nice little thing to, to do. And that's where I, that's the only, and I was interested in it because you know that you, if you have a sip, does that mean you've broken it? That's what I was wondering how I'd react. And I thought, oh, well, I haven't had one no, since. No, it's, no, it's very zen, Marty. It's very zen in this sense that the trouble with alcohol, which is why I stopped this year, is a bit like what Kevin said. It's not that I can't have one or two drinks because um, that's that's fine. My problem is if I open a bottle, then I've got to finish that bottle and I can't yeah. stop. Yeah. So that's the catch-22. You haven't broken it, in my humble opinion, if you go and have one or two drinks and you then don't finish the bottle or you yeah. don't finish the slab yeah. because, because then yeah. 
that's that's you know the situation you're more or less in beforehand. Yeah. The funny thing is about drinking, you should be able to walk away from it or not have it, and you're not really a non-drinker until that day. And then the day you can do that, then you don't need it. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's it? kind of like a catch twenty-two. So. I really love that story. The fact that you had a beer with noodles, that that was just awesome. And then, you know, you didn't go on. And then, you know, a lot of people would have then gone and got smashed at the wedding after that and then smashed here and smashed there. And then you're right back to where you started. Yeah, that was interesting. It was good fun. It was the right. Yeah, I'm really pleased I did that because I thought long and hard about it. And I thought, well, you know, this is the this is an occasion that's significant. And so I thought, right, okay, I wasn't going to do toasts and all that sort of thing at the wedding. And I didn't. So, uh, yeah, every, they, and they're all used to me now. Like everyone else has got a beer or a wine or a champagne and I'm just standing there with my coffee. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> it's a cup of coffee. I like it. <laughs> yeah, so oh. that's all right. No, that's good. Hmm. I might wrap it up, guys. That's been a long chat. Okay. Yeah, it's been that? great. It's been an hour and 15 minutes. It's after five o'clock, is it? Yeah, it's after yeah. five. I just saw Kevy having a chat to – um Cooper Cronk just then, so the other game's about to start soon. All oh, right, I'm going to tune in then. <laughs> yeah, do you have Fox right. or do you listen on the radio, Kevin? No, no, I, I, I used to watch it free on on um, uh, on the, the the app on the phone, but uh, yeah. that's changed this year, so yeah, I can just sort of watch it update on the on the screen. That's all. You can't see the actual play. Yeah, do you have a club yeah. nearby you could go to or anything? Oh, it's pretty hard in Melbourne to find somewhere that shows the rugby league. It's all oh, of course. Down there. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. You're another country down there, Kevin. Yeah, exactly. It's all different. <laughs> <laughs> all back to front. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Have a good week. Right. Yep. We, we may or may not chat next week because it's Easter, but have yeah. a good Easter. Have a good week, and we'll um, see how the footy unfolds in the next week or so. Yeah, right. well. Go see to see you one day. day. Okay, guys. Day. <laughs> Catch all you right. later. Nice to see you all again. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Yeah, all right. See you, Kevin. See you, mate.